Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Just Kick It with me, your favorite football host, Zay Dector, and your favorite, Nadia and Storm. We have a lot to talk about. A lot of football was played, as we expected. A lot of disappointment, a lot of interesting results. But first, I would like to send my heartfelt condolences to the Serge Aurier family, um, to Serge um, himself, uh, for his brother that um, passed away um, hearing this morning um, on the news. We'd like to send our condolences from the Just Kicking It family and our prayers and thoughts are with the family. But getting into the football after just hearing that news, there's a lot of fans that are probably still devastated, um, not because of the news, but because of their teams, of the results that has been, or let's say, the performances of the team that was the teams that just was, I would say, mediocre. Not what you expected at this time of the season, not what you expected from certain teams running for these European spots, running for these, how would you say, I would say, the champions of England, not what you would expect. Nadia, definitely not a good time to be a, let's say, six big team supporter. Yeah, not at all. Um, I'm actually going to keep it short. I'm going to go back to a quote that Antonio Conte gave during his reign in the Premier League. And all he said was, just one normal day of Barclays. That's all I asked for, but it will never happen. So this round of fixtures, that quote, perfectly. It just explains it perfectly. European spots, obviously up to grabs. A lot of teams didn't do themselves any favours this weekend. Man United still to play tonight. Team sheets are out. Storm, are you a bit nervous about Chelsea's spot in the Champions League or do you feel they have enough in the tank to secure the place for Champions League next season? Oh, I'm going to rage when we get to Chelsea versus Sheffield United and hopefully kids can still watch this episode. Nadia, I just want to touch on the champions of England. A dismal performance by Liverpool, but it just shows what a keeper Pope is in goal, but also just shows um, the quality of the manager of Sean Dykes and the way that he sets up his defence. But as was Liverpool there because of their own detriment, were they supposed to finish that game off immediately? Or are we giving it to Burnley coming there with a good tactical plan? So you get those players who just frustrate you during games. Nick Pope was that player. He was so frustrating. It was like he had magnets in his gloves and there was a magnet in the ball and it just it wouldn't go into the net. Um, Liverpool do feel like they were hard done in terms of the penalty claim with Robertson. Robertson went off at those officials. He asked them, what is the point of you being here if you're not going to do your job? It was a clear penalty. But Liverpool cannot rely on that to be the winner. It just seems like it just wasn't happening for them. I really thought for Mina was going to get his goal in this game, get his goal at Anfield. It looked like it was going to happen, but it just it just didn't happen on the day. And we have to give our hats off to Burnley because they put in a good fight. My thing is, with that goal, who has been scoring Burnley's goals? Jay Rodriguez. When he scored the goal, he was unmarked in the penalty area. So... Liverpool, they have to look at that. They have to analyze that and go back to the drawing board. But um, you can definitely see that Henderson is not in the team in terms of like the the gelling. But we shall see the next game against Arsenal. Liverpool, they, they can't blame it on the officials, but I do feel like they were hard done in terms of that penalty. Storm, 
I want to focus on the European spots because that's the talk right now. The champions has been named. Everything um, kind of seems the way that they should be with regarding to the league as we thought uh, pre-lockdown, um, how it would be. But the news with Manchester City, of Manchester City, overruling, overturning the ban and actually is going to be involved in the Champions League next season and for the years to come, if they do um, end up in those spots, that obviously puts pressure on teams like Manchester United, Chelsea, Leicester at this moment to actually think about the performances that they had the weekend past and actually look at themselves and think, was that really good enough? Because we can't actually bank on Manchester City being out of the Champions League and getting an extra spot. It actually is now third and fourth. At Frank Lampard's press conference today, he said that he never hoped on the City appeal to be denied. He only focuses on how Chelsea do on the pitch. And to be fair, that's been his message the whole season. Although news outlets, quote-unquote news outlets, bring it up during every press conference. So the pressure is on. I hate to say it, but I do believe that Manchester United are best set for the running to qualify. I think that Chelsea will be left with fighting for fourth place. Uh, as we saw when Leicester played the mighty passer, Bournemouth, they can open the door slightly. So hopefully Chelsea can capitalize on that. However, with Liverpool coming in the next two weeks, Hopefully we can, hopefully a loss isn't too much damage for the final day. Nadia, I want you to jump in here because we are going to obviously be focusing on these European spots that is up for grabs. I mean, we're talking spots for Europa League, Champions League, and I mean, we're talking about um, positions from ninth to, you know, third. Um, in these in these runnings, obviously we spoke about it in the last episode that where you end up also also determines the um, the higher um, income that you do get, well the prize money um, that you do get when finishing in the league. But I mean, looking at the fixtures of Chelsea, Leicester, then also Manchester United, Chelsea never really done them any favors over the weekend with losing to Sheffield United three 0 I mean, Storm talked about it last week. The defense just wasn't there. Yeah, and it seems like when Chelsea loses, they seem to get a, some sort of a lifeline. So they were lucky that Leicester lost as well. And um, they can't seem to bank on that. Like Lampard said, he wasn't banking on City being banned next season. He is banking on his players and their performance on the pitch. So at the end of the day, it's up to them. And if United wins against Southampton, it's out of their hands whether they're going to uh, finish in third place. It's in United's hands. So Chelsea, they really they really have to pick up their game. And it's just, it's, it's so crazy how tight it has become. Because if you look at Sheffield United, if you look at Wolves, they also have a chance of finishing in fourth place if the teams above them drop points. So it's it's going to be a very tight race. And now that everybody knows that City will be in the Champions League, I know that the teams are going to pick up their tempo and they're going to fight as hard as they can. Storm, United obviously naming an unchanged lineup from the lineup um, last week. Um, I know that I know that you just said it that United seems to have the most in favor to end in the Champions League position and looking at the way that they are going into the games with the with the freshness that Bruno Fernandes has brought to the club um and obviously the the way that Martial is playing as well Greenwood it just seems to be putting a lot more pressure 
on a team like Chelsea, focusing on the result that I'm pretty sure that you are fuming about that happened over the weekend. Confirmed. My FPL captain, Bruno Fernandes, and the FPL captain that Nadia picked, Mason Greenwood, are starting. Tonight will be fun. Ah, I guess I should get it over with. Chelsea, I have no problems with Lampard. His tactics work or should work. He's shown during the these first 12 months at Chelsea that he stepped up to the plate and stepped a lot higher than many would give him credit for. Because many would believe, even Chelsea supporters, would believe that his first season would have been like mid-table. And for most of the season, he's been in top four. Uh, coming from the championship, I think that's taught him a lot. And this weekend taught him even more. I would like to believe that players are better than they're showing. And I don't really like singling out players. Andreas Christensen, though. There was a rugby field of distance between him and McBurney for the second goal. Antonio Rudiger, even though we won, the cha- we won the Premier League under Antonio Conte with three at the back, it doesn't seem like he's best suited for three at the back, giving the assist to David McGoldrick. He scored two goals, two more than he scored all season. Um, and he changed it up for second for the second half. Three at the back for second half because first half for people that haven't watched it, there were two at the four at the back. Changed it to five with wing backs, Mason Mount going off and Marcus Alonso coming on. And when Giroud came on, the attacking output became apparent. And after 70 minutes for Chelsea to start attacking, that's worrying because attacking is the best asset we have. Looking at the way that Chelsea was playing, um, looking at the game, they seemed lost in the first half. Um, Obviously, um, Sheffield United came into that game very um, tactical and it seemed like it paid off rather than... um, you know, the quality on the field, Nadia. But looking at Lampard's decision to actually start Abraham above Olivier Giroud when he's been a guy that was scoring um, two goals and started, you know? I mean, would that be a hands-up from the manager to say I got it wrong there? Because as Storm mentioned, when Olivier came on, Chelsea looked like a team that was just flourishing. It looked like the team of Chelsea two weeks past. I mean, with the results that they got. So, would you be starting Olivier Giroud in the next fixture against Norwich, looking at the way that Tammy Abram has performed, but also the way that Olivier Giroud brings and involves the other players around him? I know that um, Eden Hazard... um, Totally loved playing with um, Olivier Giroud, um, especially um, it was almost a replica of playing with um, Diego Costa, just a little bit um, less pace. Um, but it just shows what maybe um, Chelsea's number nine should be. But then we look at the way, but then we look at a player like Werner coming in, mm-hmm. actually not like um, the number nine's. Chelsea actually had the success of the number nine that they that they had. Well, what are your thoughts on that? I think yes, definitely. Um, Lampard would kind of put his hands up and be like, okay, maybe that was a decision I got wrong. Because if something is working, you don't need to change it. Look at United. United have been playing the same team consistently and they've been getting results. So in terms of Giroud starting, I think he should have started. I know I had a conversation 
Abraham starting. We get he got a goal, but he's not attacking as he he was in the beginning of the season. Shuru has been producing results. That's what you want. That's what you want at this stage of the season when you're fighting for a Champions League spot. So uh, definitely Lampard, he probably just thought, let me try something. Let me see. Maybe Tammy is going to try and cement his uh, his spot in the starting lineup, but uh, not so much. So I think Giroud is definitely, he's the one to go with and stick to it. If Tammy needs to come off the bench and be a game changer, let him be that rather. But uh, rather start off the game on a good note, so that you know you are a shoe in for that win, for that three points. One last oh, thing on like... Chelsea. One last thing on Chelsea. Otherwise, the show will continue into next season. Lampard has shown that he has faith in his players. And Tammy Abraham scored two goals against Sheffield United early in the season. So I imagine there is evidence backing his decision to field Abraham. Although it didn't really work. Looking ahead though, uh, looking ahead to Norwich, <laughs> they so bad I'd even play Tammy. Norwich obviously um, was was relegated um, over the weekend. Um, obviously that, that has been confirmed now. Um, as the log has, as the log standings has shown. But Storm, just touching the last thing from me, from myself, from Chelsea, uh, before we get into the Leicester City game, um, obviously another team that hasn't or didn't do themselves any favours, losing to Bournemouth. But also, I'm happy that um, Solanke has got and gotten on the score sheet. But looking at Chelsea, the, it seems like the second ball seemed to be a big problem at the back. Would that be... Would you be fine as a Chelsea supporter with the reinforcements that they brought in, let's say with Wagner, with um, um, all the other reinforcements that they brought in, the te- in the in with Ziyech, um coming into the coming into the team? Are you fine with those two players? And would you be would you sit now and any advice that you would give Frank Lampard and say, okay, I'm fine with those two players now. Let's focus on getting someone in at the back, someone solid, some... Because it just seems like the second ball let Chelsea down and it just let the keeper down as well. Attack is fine. Attack is perfect for next season. It's just the defence that we need to focus on. Do we need to buy more players? I don't think so. Just need to work on the tactics and improve players like Mourinho has done in the past in his first seasons with Chelsea like Carlo Ancelotti did like Conte did as well what we need to do is look at another player that played with RB Leipzig is Ethan Ampadu he was on loan and during the latter stages of the season compared to the first he couldn't get the game and during the latter stages of the season, he was probably one of the first names on the team sheet. So we need him back. And I don't know this. I'm just going to touch on this. This is probably for another episode entirely. I think that in defense, man marking is dead. Or at least it's dying. Because in defense... You mentioned the second balls. We struggle with the second balls because we're working on zonal marking, which means defenders need to react when the ball gets to a certain player instead of reacting by covering what the player does. So hopefully Lampard will find a way to incorporate man management or man marking in defense next season because right now that's the only way I see us having our names on the on any title. Nadia, another manager that hasn't done himself any favors. I mean, putting a team out, um, Vardy obviously getting on the score sheet, it seemed like it was just another day um, with the Vardy party. Um, it seems like Leicester was going to get the three the three points here, um, I was uh, definitely, obviously, hoping for it, um, seeing that I made Vardy my captain, but it wasn't the case. Obviously, 
it seemed like the pressure just got to Leicester City, but also um, some, de- some decisions never went their way. Um, but Solanke on the score sheet, Bournemouth came out. Anyhow, obviously spoke to the guys, came out, and they, and they, and they came out with a plan. Um, Leicester not doing themselves any favours, obviously going into the next game against Sheffield United, a team that won Chelsea 3-0. Will Brendan Rodgers be looking at that game against Chelsea and being very wary, but also Sheffield United keeping it in their mind that they are running for a Europa League spot? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. That game surprised me. A lot of people were using puns. How did Bournemouth do that? How did they do that? But um, Vardy's goal was very scruffy, so it wasn't really the Vardy party that we all expected to see against Bournemouth. So Yunchu, very bad decision. Ndidi, very bad decision. People will say Schmeichel, the same thing. So it comes down to the players, comes down to the players in their back line and making really bad decisions. Because from there, that's when the game just started crumbling for Leicester. You can see that Leicester are missing Chilwell and Madison. You can see that there is something missing there. But in terms of Bournemouth, Whoa, what a fight they put up. I love how the commentator said something to the effect of Solanke. He's been on this goal drought and he hasn't been able to score. He hasn't taken his chances and he scores two goals and he shows them, I can score. I can get on the score sheet. But Leicester, 100%, they need to now bounce back because who knows, they might be in fifth spot after tonight, after the Man United game. And if they actually want to be in the Champions League next season, that's a fight that they need to put up against Sheffield United. But they are without Soyuncu for the rest of the season. And Soyuncu, he's been a solid player in their back line this entire season. I mean, he's been really impressive. That's why he's been in my fantasy league team, because he's been really impressive in terms of his decision making. I just don't know what happened in this game. It just it surprised me and... The scoreline surprised me, but it was very exciting for Bournemouth and the relegation struggle. But Leicester, you guys have to bounce back next game. Storm, Leicester going up against Sheffield um, in the next game. Um, Sheffield, obviously, um, 54 points um, on the on the log standing. That is one point below, below Wolves at the moment. They obviously want to stay in the position of Europa League um, for the Europa League. Obviously, with the news with Manchester City, obviously overturning that ban, it just make it just makes every every single thing, every single fixture much more to play for. But as you said, Lampard wasn't thinking about that. I'm pretty sure all the other managers weren't banking on that, but I'm pretty sure that that would have played in their favour. But Leicester City, it seems like we've seen this before. Brendan Rodgers with the Leicester City team fighting for a Champions League position. We've seen Brendan Rodgers fight for a Premier League medal. Is this the case for Brendan Rodgers? If I were trolling him, I'd call him Bottle Rodgers. Although I'm not (laughs) going to, so... Against Sheffield, I think it's going to be a more even game. And Jamie Vardy, I've seen all weekend that he's a Sheffield Wednesday supporter. So he'll have that extra pep in his step to score against Sheffield United. So I, Chris Wilder, though, it's a tough one. I think Leicester's season is going to wilt like a rose. And then, at best, on the final day, they'll beat Manchester United, but it won't be enough. Wow. Wow. It wouldn't be an episode without Storm's predictions and without Storm's thoughts. If you are a Leicester City fan... That definitely is for you. Because for me, once again, 
very very interesting nadia jumping into the next game we've brought them up we touched them we touched on their manchester city 5-0 against brighton it seems like they are just back to the manchester city of old of two seasons of last season of whenever pep guardiola came to the club it just seems like they are back raheem sterling three goals he seems back the team seems like they are flowing it seems like Pip has his team ready for Real Madrid. But I'm pretty sure that they are breathing with a band that was overturned. But going into the next fixture, do you see any changes? Do you see the same result um, for them? I mean, it seems like they are killing teams. It seems like they're angry. They lost the league. They seem angry. Yeah, they really seem like they're seeking vengeance and they're taking it out on every team that crosses their path. 5-0 in consecutive games and four or more goals at the Etihad since the restart. It's just, you can't fathom it. And you try and think of them not winning the season and they're playing like this. It's just, it's insane. So I think in terms of this whole Champions League and them playing in the Champions League next season, it's going to give them a lot more boost. Pep might rotate his team completely because now they know they they can have a lot of fun. They can have so much fun. They are guaranteed to be in the Champions League next season. So even if they don't make it against Real Madrid, they're there next season. They can have another run at it. But I think Pep's going to have a lot of fun with his rotation. Sterling, wow. I know I spoke on our first episode and I said I would love to see him score more goals. He said in the post-match conference that he saw he needed three goals in order to be in the running for the Golden Boot. Look what he does. Did you see his last goal? Oh my gosh, that was persistence to the next level. So City, yeah, they are a team who are very scary. And I actually feel sorry for Bournemouth because Bournemouth look like they're trying to put up a fight. But I don't see Bournemouth coming away (laughs) without being thrashed at least 4-0. So it's going to be another massive win for City. Sterling obviously saying that these goals should be up for the Puskas Award um, come next season. Um, But... Guardiola also saying that the values and second position over um, the, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. Um, so that that definitely is interesting. It seems like he is definitely going to be rotating his squad. Storm, we've focused on the Champions League positions. But the next team that we are focusing on, Wolves, it seems like they are on and off. It seems like they need to be reminded every week what they are playing for. Is this a case of them actually letting, or can they be letting the ball slip past them for a position in the Europa League? But it just shows like they are Europa League um, position holders by that 3-0 win over Everton this weekend. But going into... The next game against Burnley, obviously Burnley pitching up with results against big teams, against a team like Liverpool also. Nick Pope obviously being the goalkeeper that you said that he should be starting for England. Do you see a result for Wolves? And what were your thoughts on the Wolves win over Everton? Uh, the Wolves win on the weekend. It is like spanking a baby. And when don't advocate spanking babies, it was just easy. When the goalkeeper is Jordan Pickford, uh, if you want goals, you can take goals. That's the way he's been all season. Wolves, I think... With the fixtures they do have, facing Chelsea on the final day, that's going to be a tough one. In with a shout to play Champions League football, might be stretching it. Although, 
in the fight for fifth place, it would be Leicester against Wolves. Sheffield gets the place after. And that means no European football for Arsenal supporters. Nah. I wish I could say sorry, but uh, not really. No. So enjoy all the domestic cups next season, Arsenal. Nadia, staying on Wolves, I mean, it seems like Wolves is, um, or let's say, your your favourite players team, uh, Adama Trahore. Um, he, he obviously came on, on the second half, but they they seem like they got European spot in the bag. Like Storm said, they could be battling for fifth. Uh, if results go their way, they could be ending above United, above Leicester. Um, but they just need to maintain that consistency in their results. Yeah, most definitely. They need to keep consistent, consistency on their side. Um, I do like Daniel, Daniel Podence. He had his first start um, for Wolves and he was very threatening. He, he was a player who was a key player in that game. I mean, he got the penalty that Jimenez took. What we also need to remember is Wolves are still in the Europa League, so they can still get into the Champions League via the Europa League this season. So um, they do have a lot of opportunity, but they need to keep that consistent record. They need to keep winning their games as much as they can because their last game against Chelsea is going to be a tough one, and that could be the decider um, if they don't continue winning their games until that last game. Wolves obviously have a lot Nadia of play spoke for, about and... the penalty. Nadia spoke about the penalty that Podence won. And I'm just thinking now, it's actually a good thing that they can't do the, pe- the skill because Bruno Fernandes did the same skill last week and got the penalty, which mm-hmm. he shouldn't have gotten. Mm-hmm. And this week, Podence did the same skill. He couldn't <laughs> do it. And they got the penalty. So... I think they found the answer for penalties. <laughs> so maybe people should get Raul Jimenez in their teams because he takes the penalties. So <laughs> you never know. Or just get the players to do the skill inside the box, you know, and fail from it, you know, and then they will get the penalties. <laughs> looking into, looking into. Those games, obviously Wolves has a lot to play for. Wolves out definitely will be rooting for you. I, I know that Wolves doesn't have the, the longest or the, let's say the, the strongest of teams. Um, also, the biggest bench and the strongest bench to actually compete um, all the time with the big, big fixtures coming in fast. So I will be rooting for you in the Europa League Um Fixtures coming up, Wolves, I hope that you do make it to the final and we can see from there because at the end of the day, finals are 50-50. Big game, big That's actually a good point because I overlooked the fact if Wolves win the the Europa League, they get the place in the Champions League. So at the end of the day, we could have five English teams in the Champions League next season. Yeah. And good spot. Could mean a good, could, could mean a good thing for Jose Mourinho, who's only been in the Premier League, in the Europa League twice. But as he said, he won it twice, and he said he won't <laughs> mind being it. He won't mind being in the Europa League for the third time and winning it for the third time. I honestly just love the man's um, character. He's just there, there, there's no football without Jose, you know, managing that team, you know. His press conferences. You can't be honest. He's just the biggest troll in football. <laughs> he, he, definitely, he definitely is. You know, we, we, he's, he's one of those managers, if he goes to a club, you're going to watch that football for him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you might have not watched that club in years, you know, but you're going to watch that club just because of him. And that's the influence he has. Um, and I feel like he's, no matter what, he's probably died down with regarding to tactics and, and things, but his presence in football, I feel like it's still big. 
But jumping into this next game, guys, it's a big game. It was a London derby. Harry Kane, unfortunately, wasn't on the score sheet, but Son was. Big goal from Laka. But just wasn't enough. Alderweireld coming on. Was that about a team with more hunger? Would you say Storm? Or was that just the tactical brilliance from Jose Medina? Alexandre scored the very lucky goal. <laughs> um, Spurs, I think that wasn't... They didn't win the game because they were that good. Defensively, Arsenal were that bad. And it's basically a typical Jose performance. Not to blow smoke up my own behind. Last week I said Jose Marino is a reactionary coach. And what happened? Arsenal scored. Thereafter, okay, I shouldn't give him so much flack because Arsenal basically gifted the goal for some to score. And then the way I looked at it, first half compared to second half, Two different halves. Second half was just Spurs controlling it, not giving away so many chances. And then when it came to that corner kick, Toby scored the goal. And if one result could basically encapsulate the entire person, being Jose Mourinho, it would be 2-1. Still not getting Champions League. No idea. It definitely was a fixture of, I would say, six points. Um, looking at the log and look at the log standings and going into the European positions, Spurs obviously on 52, Arsenal on 50 at the moment. Spurs done themselves a favour with regarding two European positions because they are just six points off fifth spot, but also three points off sixth spot. They've really done themselves favours there, and Arsenal, it seems like they've got a lot of fighting to do. But the question I posed to you is, who would benefit Spurs or Arsenal with not playing any European football next season, and who would benefit from playing it? Excellent question. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very good question because I was looking at Arsenal and Arsenal's run in playing in the Europa League and the Champions League um, in contrast with their results in the Premier League. And I think Arsenal, Arsenal, they need that year off. They just need that year off where they just focus on the Premier League. Arteta, he stays in his position and they focus on the Premier League. They don't have any sort of exhaustion. I feel like it's, it's going to be a bit tricky in terms of Aubameyang and Lacazette staying, if they're going to stay at the club or not. But I feel like Arsenal, they will capitalise the most on this. They'll capitalise the most on the fact that the players are getting a rest, that they, they are having more faith in Arteta. Because we spoke about it earlier in chopping and changing managers. It doesn't really help a club that much. So for them to now have this, this faith in Arteta, they, they are the team that will capitalise the most in this and I don't know this centre back David Luiz I know they do have a player coming back from loan who's also a centre back but I don't I don't know it's just not working with him if you look at Spurs goals it was his errors and it's just yeah they need to they need to do something in terms of their centre backs they need to have that sorted out but I don't know about them keeping David Luiz to be honest Storm, Arsenal yeah. another team that also yeah. n- needs to be looking at their defence um, reinforcements at the back. Because it seems like going forward, they are perfectly fine. Um, I pose the same question to you. Um, obviously, I want to throw in that. Does it seem like, is that a case of the manager or the players that it seems like Arsenal needs a break and that Spurs could cope in the Europa League um, is that a fact? Is that a case of the manager? Because we know we, we spoke about Jose's 
character and his charisma and 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 the way that he that he puts his teams out and and obviously in those cup competitions it seems like he he knows how to win a cup a trophy but is this yeah. a case of the manager and not the players at the moment because I know I I can fully understand that it would be hard to keep players big players like like I said and Obama Young if they do not play in the European football um, next season. People watching this on YouTube and listening to this on Spotify can create their own perspective from my answer, which is this. If Arsenal do not get any European competition next season, they will challenge for the title. They won't win the title, they'll just challenge. In the same way, Spurs, they'll challenge. They're more likely to win the Premier League next season with Mourinho much the same like in 2015 where Chelsea won the Premier League title because we didn't have any European football and might have to look at them next season Arsenal and Spurs whichever of the quote-unquote big six do not get European football they might just change the dynamic of how we see top teams challenging for the Premier League next season. Nadia, it definitely shows what, as Storm was was saying, that a break off from European football for Arsenal could mean that they could challenge for the title. But under Jose Mourinho, you can't actually throw anything away because we've seen what Spurs has done with um, in the Champions League and the players that they have but with Jose Mourinho, it just brings that title-winning coach, you know, that, that experience of closing off games, of parking a bus, of, you know, being one or up, but knowing that my defense can't cope any longer for the next 20 minutes, closing up, closing shop, and actually just taking the three points. It seems like teams should take those type of teams into account when you look at teams like Liverpool, Manchester City obviously looks hungry. It seems like they already on preseason killing teams and showing them we coming back next season. We want our title back. But then play teams like then a team like Manchester United obviously looking for identity, building it, but bringing in a player, a fresh player, rejuvenating the club. Ole obviously has that buzzing feeling. It's buzzing around the club and obviously going into next season with fans, hopefully in the stadium, seems like that buzz will continue. A team like Liverpool with a performance against Burnley over the weekend should obviously be looking at teams, as Storm said, like Spurs, like Arsenal, the quote-unquote top, top six teams in England. Liverpool should be actually wary about defending that title and actually looking at the team to be saying, hey, we should actually look at the reinforcement the same way all the top six would be. Yes, most definitely. So there's obviously been a lot of speculation in terms of the players that Liverpool are looking to sign over the summer. But most definitely, if Spurs and Arsenal do not make it into any form of European football, I I actually agree with Storm in terms of them being a force to reckon with next season because they have this one goal. And especially with Jose Mourinho, He's the special one. He terms himself the special one. He's very good at winning trophies. He's very good at being tactical. That That is Jose Mourinho. So definitely Liverpool, they, they will have to look out for these sort of teams in defending the title next season, in having these teams who aren't as busy as Liverpool would be. So... Liverpool need to bring in reinforcements. They need to make sure that they have a good backup so that they don't just fall out of the title race next season. Storm, looking at reinforcements in these teams, as you mentioned, um, Chelsea obviously has been the busiest of the top or big six teams in the Premier League, but obviously showing why or why they're busy, and obviously showing what they mean for next season. They actually mean business coming into next season, but as I said, they are reinforcing in the wrong area of the team. That definitely is a case 
for the other teams like Spurs and Arsenal, they're obviously going to be looking at their team and reinforcing in the correct areas. But when you think about it, should teams like Liverpool and Manchester City also be looking at those areas and just to strengthen because as you said, teams like Arsenal and Spurs, if they do not finish in the European places, all they have to play for is the league. Yeah, I'm going to speed run this question. I'm going to go through the top six and which transfers they should look at. Liverpool, they should look at the number nine. In midfield, they sorted because it seems like Thiago Alcantara will be coming to Liverpool. Manchester City, how can you improve Manchester City? Uh, I don't know. People in the comments can put down suggestions. Manchester City, I think they do need a... That's all I think to think about, actually. I think they need a number nine, an extra number nine, because we don't know what's going to happen with a Twitch legend called Sergio Aguero. Uh, in third, we'll go with Chelsea defense. We've covered that already. Um, Manchester United, a right wing. Uh, Spurs, a new coach, and Arsenal, um, they should look at getting wingers because Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang at 31 will not cut it on the wing, even though he is a fit guy, no disrespect to him. Anyway, I've played FIFA with these top six teams, guys in the comments, go crazy. Obviously, that is no disrespect to the, the other teams that are finishing in the top six or um, in those European spots um, like Leicester, um, Wolves, Sheffield United. Um, we respect you guys. Um, we're just going, quote-unquote, for the top six over the, over the years, as, as, as we all know it. Um, Storm obviously finding it hard to replace Leroy Sane there, uh, even though that seems like Manchester City never missed him, but... Uh, it kind of was... The like Liverpool was legend Raheem Sterling is here. It's fine. <laughs> Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez, it seems like they, they have young kids coming through the ranks. Um, Pep Guardiola really has a lot to work with. Um, pretty sure that he will strengthen um, at Manchester City. A lot of players obviously looking um, or he's going to leave. You, you're looking at a legend like David Silva leaving. We obviously, like Storm has mentioned, we, we don't know the situation with... Um, Kun Aguero, um, one of the best strikers in the Premier League that I've ever seen. Um, but this is a crazy segment to get into. The last segment that we always jump into, guys, for you guys, for all the fans, for all the fantasy league managers out there. Um, for this week's fixtures, any last tips and thoughts? Um, I'm going to ask Nadia before we jump into Storm. I totally hate this segment because as we are totally... I actually don't love my co-hosts. Um, I don't. I don't like them at all in this segment because it, it seems like they're out to confuse me. I am still third in the league. I've done poorly this 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 time around this fixture, and I've made a couple of changes. I've brought in a couple of um, players that I thought um, is going to um, do me the favor this week. Nadia, in me. Final thoughts and last tips that you could give us as Premier League managers going into this game week and really securing higher points than 78 <laughs> this week. <laughs> so, if you are bringing in a differential, captain him. I am regretting not captaining Mikhail Antonio, who scored four goals. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was going to score one goal, and that was it. Scores four goals, and he's carrying my team on his back. So if you're bringing in a dif differential, captain him. 
He's going to perform for you. He's going to surprise you. I'm playing my bench boost this week, so I'm going to take a bit of a hit. I need a better keeper. I need better defenders. So I'm hoping my bench boost will work in my favor. But Charles is playing Norwich. I think get some of Chelsea's attacking players because they might just have a lot of fun with Norwich in that fixture. Norwich playing any... green and yellow, but they might as well play in brown because they poo. Storm, I'm pretty sure that you have a couple of fixtures on your mind. Um, obviously, the Chelsea-Norwich game, it seems like the three has been a bad omen for you guys. I hope that it is <laughs> going to be a good... I hope that it is going to be a good one that you are going to be on the side of three three goals this time. Um, I hope that William does pitch in. Um, that's not a secret. I haven't really put him in my team. I just thought I'd mention him there. But any last tips and thoughts, Storm, from your side? Um, and please do not confuse me. Um, keep in mind that we, are, I am struggling as a manager and that there is plenty of um, people like myself that do want to reach a higher average than 78. Oh, I might confuse you. I might confuse you regardless. <laughs> What I'm going to say now isn't probably the best idea ever, but with what are we on game me 36, so three games left, pre- prepare for the new season. Very few of us have anything to play for in terms of rank, so just take it and prioritize certain fixtures. Like, for example, as Nadia mentioned, playing Norwich, get Pulisic, get Dwellian, it's highly likely they will return your hit as well as something more. And City against Bournemouth, like, you could take a hit for Maris. They'll probably return more than you took the hits for. And Usually, I would say, during a season, just be patient. However, for these final three weeks, prepare for next season. See which strategy, which strategy works better for you so that you don't have to wonder, what if I do this, what if I do that next season? Great thoughts from the guys there. If you do take into consideration, please take in, please take it with a pinch of salt. Um, if they did confuse you, don't worry. You're not alone. I am with you. With the final thoughts, my final thoughts, guys, just keep safe, be, be happy, and spread the love. Like we said, the condolences to the RDA family and to Serge. Um, present thoughts is going out to him. From my side and everybody at the Just Kicking It family, peace and go Southampton.